So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, I'm Mr. O. And today, Miss H and I will be discussing season five, episode two of Love After Lockup. On this episode, Ashley gets nervous hiccups waiting for Travis. Monique plans to illegally surveil Derek. Michael meets Justine's kids in person. Gabby tries to pre-consummate her marriage to Chris. And we meet Arison Cameron, who keeps telling us about one very specific request that he has. If you like what you hear, hat. If you like what you hear, please give us a rating. If you like what you hear, please give us a rating. And if you also watch 90 Day Fiance, please check out our other podcast channel, 90 Day MK, Teachable Moments with Miss H and Mr. O. Thanks and enjoy. Hello, Miss H. Hello, Mr. O. How are things with you? Things are good with me because I'm warm, but I know things are not as good with you because you are cold. Yes, I stayed in the country. So we had the polar vortex thing and it ended up with there being power out and burst pipes and everything. So my Christmas weekend was kind of a shit show. We're still (laughs) trying to get through the end of it. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Yes. Uh, My Christmas vacation is on a cruise ship in the Caribbean. So things are much warmer here and... I'm not looking forward to going back, even though it's still California. It's not that cold. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you got – I even looked in the California weather like at the time. Well, I know that because I was like watching football games. And the like, football games on the East Coast were all like everybody in snow and propane heaters. And the California games were like, oh, whatever. We're on short sleeves still. So – Yeah. Well, Well, let's talk about people who are traveling. We've got Ashley and Travis. So Ashley is shopping for jewelry for her work. Uh, She's subjecting her work associates, Javier and Jana, to her story with Travis. Ashley feels a need to confess to them that her new man is a convict and he was convicted of robbing a bank while on drugs. The plan is for Travis to work for or with Ashley. And Jana asks if she's concerned he might be tempted to steal. And Ashley plays it off like the crime was so long ago and people change. Ashley's on her way to the airport to meet up with Travis. Travis calls her and they get excited that he'll be out in less than 24 hours. He does ask for her patience because he thinks his release will be confusing for him and overwhelming. Ashley is excited to have him home, and she just keeps crying because his release is emotional. Although, I get the feeling that she just cries over everything. She's excited to build her future with him. When she arrives, she is dealing with Delta because her bag was overweight by three pounds. They were Production was sure to give us a screenshot of that. And they didn't put it on the flight with her, so now she's worried about when her bag will get to her, considering it has important release papers for Travis. She negotiates a faster flight uh, for the bag, and so she will have the bag sooner. Ashley's luggage did show up at 1 a.m., so she didn't get much sleep. Ashley also has stress hiccups as she drives to pick up Travis. She quickly pulls out her curlers as she's waiting in the parking lot. Ashley is worried that Travis will go back on all his promises to her. Ashley is once again crying, and she tells Travis to walk faster to meet her. They have a very emotional greeting. He hugs her as she grabs his butt. She can't stop looking at him. Travis is relating his whole experience of being released to Shawshank Redemption, saying that he doesn't know what to do with himself or his life now that he's out. He's an institutionalized man. 
He tells us that he's been in prison because he has attempted to steal a lot. But he also adds that he's the worst robber because he's always been caught or suspected of every single robbery he's ever been a part of. Ashley has bought him a ring and he shoves it on his finger and uh, it gets stuck. To which she says, good. Travis recounts his meeting of Ashley and says that he was confused by her when they first started talking because she was immediately trying to get him to be exclusive, even though he has never seen a picture of her. Their plan (laughs) is for him to become a certified bench jeweler. They drive off while she makes inappropriate sex jokes the whole time. All right. So this is kind of the first we really heard of, like, the beginning of their relationship. Ashley just seems like an odd character. What is your take on this? Like, how did he, like, agree to being exclusive without seeing a picture of her? Like, she was trying to play it off like she was the prize. Like, if you act now like sight unseen you can lock <laughs> this down yes you can have behind what's door behind door number two but you have to agree <laughs> right. now we promise it's awesome like yeah. i don't know ashley is a lot um she yes. just is a personality that is she's just a zero to hundred personality right it's either yeah i'm ecstatic in a thing or i'm crying and I met somebody and we we're immediately in love and we had to lock it down. I had to lock it down right away and I had to like make right. demands like that we lock it down right away. And it's like just she has no like modulation for everything. Like everything is the most extreme, um, you know, feelings that she has. Yeah. And so it's – I don't know. It's – that's that's too much for me to deal with. I can't. Like it's – that. And, I can see now why she scares so many but she probably scared a lot of people off, right? Oh, I know. Like she is she's just a lot. She is just very emotional. Like the fact that she was crying through like the almost this entire episode and the stress hiccups, I'm just like, "Oh my gosh, this lady can't control like herself, like her emotions and herself." And it's just like it is a lot. And then I was confused by her whole, like, was it an insecurity thing? Like, I need to know that you're in this before I can reveal my true self. Like, that it just, it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, why would she want a commitment of some kind without showing who she is? It's almost like she was trying to trick him into being in a relationship with her. Right. I definitely feel like I got the impression from that that she's insecure about her looks, right? Yes. And probably, you know, whatever it is about her looks that she's insecure about. And so it's very much like, oh, my in, that's my strategy. I get in, I make them love my personality, and then that way, you know, get them to commit because then they're stuck with it. But that – It seems flimsy. It seems like – it also seems like a terrible relationship to end up in. Do you want to be in a relationship with someone that – doesn't find you physically attractive on some level, right? right. Like, nope, you're already committed. I don't care if you think so. Like, that's it. You, This is what you get now. You're stuck. I'm, I mean, that strategy just seems really flimsy because it's like, so what? He committed to you. Like, he could just turn around and be like, no, I saw your picture. I'm not into it. I'm done. I yeah, was just I mean, kidding. And, I mean, she's trying to make her own love is blind basically here is what's going on. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Right. Yeah. And, and and notoriously, all the all the relationships on Love is Blind just work out fantastically. Those are just great. We should- oh, gosh. <laughs> I know. Given this last season, it seems like a bad idea. But, I mean, 
I guess she's lucky in that he does find her attractive. Like, he went on about how beautiful her eyes are, which I also thought was kind of funny, too, because if you look at all the pictures that I'm assuming they showed Travis, it was like, it was like filtered an inch to her death. Oh, I'm sure it was. I'm sure I, it was very much the filtered, the uh, right, the perfect angle, so it looks casual, but you can't actually see any of my body and mm-hmm. like, like you know, things like that. It's like it's it, yeah, it's again the pictures of someone who is insecure about their looks generally. Right, right. Um, but I mean, like her eyes, they did look really pretty in the um in the pictures and everything like that. And that was the one thing he picked up on. He was like. She has really beautiful eyes. That's why I was really, really drawn to her. It's like, okay, well, yeah, that makes sense because she was definitely playing that feature up. Because her pictures are just basically pictures of her eyes. Sure. Yeah, it really did look like that. I was like, everything else was like so kind of like, you know, that like airbrushed effect. It was like airbrushed and then her eyes. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, soft light. Everything's a little blurry. Like I blurred that thing with that image in my life. But. And right. it's funny. I thought it was funny when she was like that. She was like, well, you know, the robbery was a really long time ago. And I was like, you know, he hasn't robbed anything since. And it's like, that's because he's been in jail for the robbery since. What do you right. want to rob a bank from jail? Like, <laughs> Well, plus he's even said that he's the world's worst robber, which maybe at this point will be a deterrent because I think he at least gets that he's very bad at bank robbery. OK, well, and that's the thing that I've always heard. It's like it, it, when you when we talk about like law enforcement and, and deterrence, it's not even the severity of the punishment. That right. deters people, right? You can throw people in jail for 50 years for bank robbery, right? That doesn't deter people. It's the certainty of getting caught, right? Sure. It's like, well, yeah. what's the point of robbing a bank? Like, I'm going to rob the bank and get caught. If they think, they, if people think they can get away with it, then they do it, and no matter what, how harsh you make the punishment. And so, yes, if he's to the point where he's like, well, my chances of getting away robbing this bank are nothing because it's literally never worked before. Then yeah. that might be a little bit of a deterrent. I mean, he definitely also seemed like another kind of a sweet talker. Like he seemed like this yeah. he knew how to say the right things. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, to me, he um, reminds me a little bit of Chaz a little bit without the like, you know, being boastful of himself. Because we saw that pretty quickly. Ch- chance. Sorry, Chance, chance is what I'm thinking yes, of. Chance, not Chaz. Different. Oh, I, I was on board with you. I knew exactly you were talking about, it, but it was his name was Chance. Yes, right. So Chance, because Chance was very much like he said all kind of the right things at the beginning, but then he got really full of himself real fast. I don't really see Travis being that way. I thought it was very interesting that he told her, you know, please be patient with me. I'm going to be overwhelmed, and this is going to be a confusing time. And quite honestly, I think it scares him to be out of prison. And I, I think there's just something humbling about like how honest that is, you mm-hmm. know. And I just I don't see him like a chance. Hopefully, fingers crossed. He seemed a little bit more real to me. Yeah, yeah. My chance, yes, chance was just full of shit. Like oh, he, he was, totally just, was. That, that was his personality. Like he was a full of shit person, and. I don't not yeah I'm not seeing that yet from him. I mean it, it just seems that the the bigger block for this relationship, the bigger obstacle for this relationship, I think is going to be Ashley's just like emotional swings all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it seems like a lot to have to deal with someone like I, I mean, and I honestly, I, I feel like it's partially physical too. Like she gets stress hiccups too. I'm like, oh my gosh, this girl's a mess. 
Yeah. To, yeah, to the point where, it, um, yeah, her she's so stressed out about things that it's, it probably has impacts like on her health and everything else. Oh, I'm sure it does. Yeah. So, yeah, she just seems like a lot to have to deal with because I feel like she's the kind of person who always has some kind of random ailment. Yeah. Because, I mean, you I know, because it's just like, oh, well, I'm stressed. So I have hiccups. I have indigestion. Like, you know, I my have back hives. hurts. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> she just has a whole list of ailments that occur because she's stressed. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. So let's move on to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cover the other new couple. So we start off in Tampa so that we can we can meet Eris, who is 31. And we also meet um, her daughter. So they as they go shop for some houseplants. So she introduces herself by saying that she will never play about her daughter and her man. But outside of defending them, she's a very sweet person. But her man in question here is her Dragon Ball Z loving nerdy boyfriend, Cameron, who she says is a big deal musician in Cincinnati. Side note here, I of course looked him up. Big deal in this case is 36 Spotify listeners per month. Um, so okay. even Montana Mills Mike has him like beat by like three times as many listeners. Oh, so, goodness. Three listeners? I was going to say, how does that stack up to Usman? 36 listeners a month is what I said for this uh, OG Cam is what he goes by, yeah. by the way. Um, let me look up Let me look up Usman real quick from um, 90 Day Fiance, by the way. He's right, the one that right. Because is- all these guys trying to say that they're like big deals. And I love how they're always like in our region, like locally. It's like, okay, <laughs> what does that even yeah. mean? So Usman from 90 Day Fiance has about 10,000 monthly listeners. Okay. This guy has – 36. <laughs> right. 36, not even less than 100. But so I'm definitely questioning the big deal part of the rapper. So right. she says she wasn't really a fan of, of dating of rappers before, like didn't really think they were sexy, but or anything. But his music videos on YouTube really turned her on. Now, how she actually found his music videos on YouTube, that remains unexplained. So anyway, after she did find the music video, she slid into his DMs and they fell in love. Of course, she didn't know at the time then that he was going to end up going to prison on marijuana charges. So she also tells us about her daughter, Lena, and how she wants there to be a man around because Lena's father is, isn't out of the picture, but out of the country. So they only have a relationship over WhatsApp. So when she has to check her bank account to see if she can cover the $200 bill at the plant store, she also tells us about how she's been drawing from her 401k to spend money on Cameron. Uh, so she hopes that this doesn't end up being a flash in the pan. No, I know. My I gosh. know. Why do people do that on this show specifically? It's like, are you all like that financially illiterate that this is like your option? Well, they just like they feel like desperate times call for desperate measures, I think. Is like, this desperate though? Oh my God. <laughs> they seem to think it is because in the next scene we see Eris as she's – Getting on a plane with her plant that she named Eris Jr., which doesn't last very long, Gosh. Um, and flies to Ann Arbor. So she has to pick Cameron up, Cameron up at the bus station and then drive him to Kentucky where his halfway house is, which makes sense because people forget the Kentucky, that Cincinnati is basically in Kentucky. Um, mm. Right. So she's not too worried about the about you know all the groupies that are going to run into him because whatever. He'll, they'll, she'll beat those, those hoes' ass if, she, if they try anything. Oh, God. So anyway, on the way, she psyched herself up by playing some of Cameron's music. So she 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 enjoys dating people in prison because, you know, they're pretty much stuck having to talk to you and they're not trying to just get into your pants all the time. 
because not an option. So then she gets to the bus stop and starts waiting. So he emerges looking, as she says, crazy as hell in his just like the gray sweatpants. They push him push everybody out of prison in. Um, and he has like super long hair. So they hug and kiss and he almost immediately just starts making crude sex jokes. So oh we get our first interview with him and he tells us that he was one of the wildest bees in the hive. And he's in prison because he got sloppy during his regular um, marijuana trafficking across the, the country. So he was at 30 pounds to be exact and got caught by the drug dog, whatever. And now he's been in oh, – oh, it also involved him getting tased when they, they caught him. So Ooh. now he's been in jail for – yeah, he's been in jail for 30 months. So he says it's going to be a big challenge for him to keep his nose clean because he just loves doing shit. So she has a change of clothes for him and they talk about how sexy they find each other and also how much – I mean, he mentioned her sitting on his face like four times. That's very concerning. Very concerning. <laughs> it's really like the only thing he talked about was, you can sit on my face, sit on my face. Let me make tongue. And like it was like, like <sighs> anyway, he says that bes- besides her looks, he's really into Eris's uh, nerdy and easy to talk to personality. But again, he seemed mostly concerned with um, the oral sex. So, <laughs> Gosh. It was like, he's a lot, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I also feel like it's weird just because, you know, it's like, you know, you're on TV. Why do you keep on saying the same thing over and over again? Yes. That was the thing too. It was like, he didn't have multiple like sex things that he wanted to do. He had one and he just said it a bunch of times. I can't imagine this guy, like, being that nerdy, as she says, right? Right. I mean, yes, because we don't we, – we really didn't hear any of his nerdy – now, he definitely gave off the vibe of – like, people wouldn't want to talk to him, you know? Yeah. Like, he talks and you're just like, oh, you're, like, weird. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. weird. I don't know. But, but then you know how nerdy it is. People are like, oh, I watch all the Marvel movies. I'm a huge nerd. It was like, really? You watch the mo- the highest grossing movies in the country and that makes <laughs> you a nerd? Okay, sure. You know? Sure. Yeah. But this guy like definitely came off like he wants people to like him. Right? And so it's like you're not going to, I don't know, bust out like, a, hey, I like this like random nerd anime stuff if you're like trying to get people to like you. Sure, sure. But do you also bust out the, I like doing cunnilingus a lot. Like, <laughs> so get people oh, like you, that seems to be the way you, you get with it. Well, maybe he actually generally likes that. And oh. he was just hinting to Eris at this point. And that's, hey, hey that's fine. It's, it's a wonderful part of everyone's, like, <laughs> love life. But it just seems weird. Like, again, you know you're on TV when you're saying all this, right? Like, oh, that I was, know, right? Like he was ha- – I felt like he was doing it to ham up for the camera specifically. Yeah, Like he was yeah, like, this is what that. people are going to think is funny. Ha, ha, ha. Like – and it was not. Especially the way he like put his finger on his lips and like did made Ew. weird faces oh, when God, he did it. It, no, was, stop, it was very stop. disturbing. <laughs> I don't need any more descriptions. Stop. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Well – I don't know. Do you think that's better or worse of Monique showing us the outline of Derek's penis that he traced on paper? <laughs> okay. <laughs> We've seen that before. We've seen the traces of penises before. Like, at least so. That's definitely a thing. I definitely don't think Monique, based on the size, we'll get to it, based on the size of the blur, should necessarily think of this as an accurate representation. 
Oh my god. <laughs> but yeah. like okay, but it's just but the other thing too is it just doesn't seem like Eris would it, I just would be into based the way she's a she's the mom and she does that. He just seems weirdly nerdy for her. Maybe she's nerdier than we think she is, but it does it doesn't seem like a like that if I was just saw her and saw her in the first scene and was like, well, what's the personality of the guy going to be like? This mm. is not the one that I would have picked. No, no. Because I, I would also think, too, because, you know, single mom, you would think that she would want someone who is not necessarily going to be a father figure, but has that potential. Right. Because it's like, right. you know, especially depending on how much dad is actually in the picture, you don't necessarily want a replacement. But this is like adding another man child to your pack of kids. Yes. Like, why this would you is, want this, that? This definitely seems like having another kid. This dude is not fixing this broken toilet. Like, he's, just, right. like, he's right? probably contributing he's... to it and pranking you by shoving stuff down the toilet in the first place. Right. Exactly. So, yeah, just it doesn't necessarily seem like and it was also like the way she talked oh he's this this sexy guy from the rap videos and then he comes on he's just yeah, he's right. goofy he's a goofy person like yeah, he has a he very goofy personality yeah for sure all right well let's move on to monique so we already heard he she showed us the outline of derek's penis that he traced on a paper so monique is going to ohio for two weeks to see derek released and spend time with him when he gets out in a day so Monique is getting ready with a box of things for Derek, including, this is very concerning, cameras. She's planning on hiding at his grandma's house so she can keep an eye on him when she's not there. Yeah. So Monique has never met any of Derek's family, but doesn't want them there for the release. Monique calls Derek, and it comes out that Derek doesn't like Monique's sister, Calandra, because uh, she's a party girl who's trying to get Monique to go out all the time. Well, Monique is driving with Calandra to go pick up Derek. So Calandra tries to defend herself on the phone, saying that he gets mad when Monique is out, but not even out at the club just to go to the store. Monique tries to intervene, and they end the call. The next morning, Monique and Calandra head to the prison to pick up Derek. Monique is nervous because she hasn't heard from Derek, but finally hears from him. Derek says that he woke up late and didn't get a chance to talk to his family. Calandra isn't as excited because she thinks that Derek is going to try and push her buttons just to piss her off. They start to notice another car driving back and forth where they're parked to pick up Derek. And Monique worries that someone else is trying to pick up Derek. All right. So do you think that someone else is really trying to pick up Derek? Because it was a little weird that this car kept on going back and forth. But there's more than one prisoner getting released that day, right? <laughs> Get My initial thought would have been like, oh, I guess there's somebody else getting released today. And right. they must be here for them. It's It's – very telling that she jumped right to they must be here to pick up my man like this must be the thing because we already were at like her just gigantic amount of suspicions that she has we see right. her with the cameras we see her setting up his phone like and you know the friend is like well you know if you do that then he's gonna be he's gonna have he's gonna oh if you do that you know you might have things. That's exactly the point. I want full access. I want his iCloud. I want everything. Like I know the passwords. Like, and she just has. It's very, very insecure with what this guy's going on. Yeah, yeah. It, it seems bad. I mean, uh, we're gonna see hopefully later about where she's hiding these cameras. But it's like you're hiding it at Grandma's house. Like, what exactly are you expecting to see? Do you think he's going to be dumb enough to bring hoes around to Grandma's house? 
I, I feel like we've seen people that time. It's his grandma's house, right? Or her yeah, grandma's yeah. house. Yeah, It's his okay. grandma's house, yeah. I mean, his grandma, you have to expect that he, even if he did bring hoes around the house, like grandma's not going to snitch on him. Yeah, but at the same time, I think like, well, I would hope that most people would have enough respect not to bring people around to grandma's house. Go over to the hoes house. Yeah, yeah, hoe ain't got no house. What are you talking about? Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, but what do you really expect to find on some random hidden camera? She's living with her grandma. You got to disturb one of the grandmas is what I'm saying. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know no, and I guess she's I guess, expecting to see. I guess she she more would be expecting to see, like, him setting things up with somebody else. Like, and I don't know if they're audio cameras because depending on what state you are, that's highly illegal. Um I'm just going to say, who are you texting? I see you there. Like, I see it's just that same insecurity we see over and over and over again in the show of the people who they like the people in prison because they know they can't do anything. Like, that's what they like most about the prison relationship. And we're seeing this get, we always see this get, that part get taken away. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of sad in these cases like uh, Monique and Derek and Ashley and Travis because it's like they're very clearly insecure about like their physical appearance. And I feel like that's why they're so like, I don't I don't even know, like intent on keeping their man like so suspicious that their man is going to like run off and they got to try to lock it down any way that you can. It's like I don't really even understand like what what's the point like so you find out your man is cheating on you like you suspect and it's like what are you gonna do then right and i I guess the misconception there is that if you if you can lock it down to such an extent and keep such an eye on your man Mm -hmm. then he wouldn't then he won't cheat when he would otherwise cheat like yeah what's the point of so you find out he you thought you suspected he cheated on you yeah and he still now does. Now you know for certain, yeah. And now you know for certain. Like, because they're not like, they don't seem to be like, I need to know because as soon as he's teaching me, that's it, we're done. Because right. we talked about that in the 90 Day Show. Most likely, if, they, if, if either of these guys do cheat on them, they're going to find a way to like justify staying, staying yeah. around and rationalizing it anyway, right? And so they aren't going to break it off if, they, if he cheats. So what's the point of finding out except that you just kind of – feel like you want to know or, or right. want to keep not know i don't know but it's it's, it's the the i don't know thing that that is the is eating at them i think so too because i think like you know they're doing this like oh so they won't cheat or so i'll know if they cheat but i think it's really just to give themselves peace of mind you know because otherwise they're always going to wonder like oh is this person lying to me well i know like i'll plant these hidden cameras at grandma's house and then I'll know for sure that they're not uh, cheating on me. And so it's like, cause you wouldn't believe them, but that in itself is an issue too. It's like, you don't believe your partner when they say they're not cheating on you. Well, you probably shouldn't be with your partner. Yeah. I mean, it's also enough of a thing that like, if you have secret cameras in somebody's room, right. And then you, you anal- anything you analyze enough, you're going to find a reason to be like, I should be suspicious about this. Right. Yeah. It's like, it's like when you watch sports, if you slow anything down enough, it's like, <laughs> I'm not sure he caught that ball. It's like keep slowing it down. And it doesn't look like anybody did anything. Right. And so <laughs> if you want to be suspicious about your partner cheating, then I promise you, if you spy on them all the time, you will right. find reasons to justify that suspicion. Yeah. And I think that's what's sad about this, too. It's not even Derek specifically. I feel like she would be like this with anyone. 
right? Because I think, like, at the back of her mind, it's like she's shocked that anyone is with her. Like, she has such low self-esteem. Yes. And, no, and I do – yes, I do kind of believe you're right. Her and Ashley kind of have this thing where it's like – you know, and I have this all the time. I I miss out on a bunch of things, not necessarily relationship-wise, because Mm -hmm. it just seems like – that seems like too good of a deal. That right. can't be right. I'm not doing that. Like there's yeah. something that I'm missing that means it's wrong. And mm-hmm. so I think both of them are like this. A man that wants me, nope, there must be something suspicious. That can't possibly be right. Well, one of them tricked them, you know, and Monique definitely did the whole like face yes. first, uh, yes. you know, no body shots because she's the most – I mean, Monique is the most embarrassed about her body, whereas Ashley, I don't really know exactly what she's embarrassed of. It was hard to tell no. based on what she filtered. Yes, it's hard to tell. Just like the <laughs> yeah. fact that she has skin. I don't know what it is that she doesn't <laughs> yeah. like. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to tell. We don't know. All right. So that brings us to I'm getting my, other, my other people were Justine and Michael. So now that Michael is home, both he and Justine are kind of just sitting here like saying how surreal this whole thing is. So while they're sitting there, Justine's son Santana comes home and Casually's just like, hey, mom. Hey, Mike. But Mike wasn't having the nonchalant thing and gives him instead a giant bear hug. So Mike says that he loves Justine's kids as an extension of his love for her. But eh, Santana still seems like he's a little bit kind of in shock about the whole situation. So wanting to get back to his old favorites, Michael orders a pizza and is confused about online ordering because he's like, we don't pay them or tip them or anything. And he's like, no, you do it on the app. So – so. And he sits down at the couch to eat it. But, you know, Santana's like, that's not the rule, mom. And Michael wants to follow the rules like everybody else. So they eat it at the table. So Mike thinks that, thinks that you know, as he's eating his pizza, things from the real world, they're going to come back fast. Um, but Santana thinks it might take a little bit of time to adjust. And it seems like it because after like the initial bear hug, he just is very clingy to Justine. So they, they all go outside to catch her other son as he gets off the bus. So – they also tell that say that the plan is for her and Michael to stay at a hotel for the night, and they're going to be gone before uh, her, her daughter Kylie gets home, so they can get you know some private time together, which they did not get earlier when Michael took a shower. So now, four hours after prison, they're on their way and talking about how she finally did at least get to see him naked in the shower, even if nothing else happened. So he, they said he, they both kind of, but him was the primary driver. Wanted to like not rush it. He was like, we're going to go to the hotel in like an hour and we can do it like longer and correct and more appropriately then and not just bang it out right now. Uh, he didn't want to rush through it and do things right. They've already waited so long. So he also makes a weird metaphor at this point about filling her ass up with ranch and dipping his chicken wings in it. Like, oh, God. You know, I'm still not sure what to make of what that – I don't know what that means at all. I don't know what that means. So they get to the hotel and both of them are really ready for what's going to happen inside that room. So he's a little nervous because he's been in prison. So it's been a while since he's he's done this. But carries her across the threshold to the room that's prepped already. She had gone ahead with balloons and T-shirts and stuff. So he starts to make out in the vanity in the bathroom before she stops him and goes to, you know, get herself sexy for him, which involves a bridal veil. And then they show us a table with perfume, massage oil, and Nutella, naturally. So All right. things, things, thankfully, the robe comes off and things, you know, don't get too, too far and too gross before production uh, leaves him leaves at that. All right. So, um, ah, geez. I mean, are you – 
surprised at kind of the reactions from the kids. Like that was – that's to me the most like interesting part of what was happening here. Yeah, it was kind of sad. Um, I'm kind of not surprised. Uh, You know, like Santana's old enough where, you know, he's always had the attention of mom. And so Mm -hmm. to have that split, I think he's not really sure. And I mean, I think also specifically, I don't really know what he's been told when he's at home. But he said something specifically about like, I used to be like the oldest man in the house. So I feel like he's yeah, kind of been yeah. the guy who's been told like as a kid coming up, you know, in a single family home, like, or a single uh, mom home where the oldest is another daughter. Like he's the man of the house, right? Probably told sure. to like, Oh, behave. You have to set an example for your younger brother. You're the man of the house. And so I think like that as an identity is fragile at this point especially given his age and i i think it's the fact that it was a man right if his mom was a lesbian and this was like another woman coming to live in the house i feel like he wouldn't feel as threatened maybe but i I definitely see that older and younger kid because the younger son seemed like he was all he was like "Woo, this is great yeah fantastic mike's here like right and you didn't have that older man in the house like like santana specifically says i'm not gonna call him dad Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and it just like I feel like he just it's 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 as it gets older. And it, it actually reminded me a lot of on it was the ones from 90 Day Fiance was mm-hmm. Anna Marcel. Right. Oh, Where you could right. see the younger the younger kid really like. And he was the only one. The, the two older boys are like, no, nope, we don't like this guy. Yeah. Yeah. And so I hope it's. I don't. I don't know that Santana specifically is like I don't like this guy as much as he's mm-hmm. just like don't be. He's good, fine if it makes mom happy and he's good to have around, but don't be thinking I'm going to think of this guy as a dad, right? right? As yeah. my dad. I definitely think he just needs more time to warm up to him, and I think it's really good. And I think he just needs to be consistent. Like Michael just needs to be consistent showing that love. And he already has been showing that love. Like when he first walked in, Santana first walked in, I thought that was Michael's kids coming to visit. So like the fact that he treats him just like his own kids, I think that's a really good start, but he's got to show that consistently. Right. And in the parts where it gets hard, but the parts because because kids like Santana's age are gonna test you. Test boundaries, sure. Yep. So yeah, gonna, that was the other thing I was gonna say. As soon as that kid starts to question like authority, right? So if Michael right. has to be the one participating in the discipline, I think this is where they're gonna butt heads and definitely there's going to be that period of time where they're just all figuring out their place. And so I think, you know, for Santana, like questioning whether or not Michael actually does have authority over him and Justine's going to back Michael up. But I don't know. I feel like Justine um, seems to be aware of the situation. I mean, she even said in the confessional about, you know, how Santana is like kind of clinging to her and he just, you know, doesn't want his attention split and she just has to reassure him. I thought that's a lot better than a lot of these other parents we've seen on this show where it's like, (laughs) oh, my new partner, like, I just need everything needs to be about them. I mean, Justine's actually yeah. considering her kids' feelings. And so I think it really is going to depend on how Justine reacts to all of this. If she's going to back up Michael, you know, and they're going to work as a team, then I think they have a better chance at success. Uh, whether like uh, Justine decides to be like, well, you guys figure it out. Oh, yeah. And I, but I think the other thing that goes with it, too, is this isn't this isn't like some of the other people we've said he we've seen here where 
we know that they've talked to Michael. We know they know about Michael. We know there was uh, some sort of introductional period, right. right? Yeah. And we saw him like we saw him on the on the TV talking to everybody through his prison phone. So it's like it is a huge adjustment to. It's always a huge adjustment to to have like here's a person you've never met in person before. He's mm-hmm. living here now. Yeah, is very difficult. But it's not as difficult as some of the other ways we've seen people do it, where it's like. Oh, hey, by the way, I have a serious girlfriend. I'm going to get her out of prison and she's moving in. Like right. to kids like now. <laughs> you know, like Yeah. By the way, I'm I'm completely upending your life 2 days from now. Like right, without right. any warning, right? These kids knew it was coming. And I think from what we've seen Justine has been handling it the best you can because it is right. a situation that there's there's no perfect way to hit it's, it's gonna be a rough transition no matter oh, what yeah absolutely i think it does also help that they're married so you uh, know true. i think i think yes. uh kids can kind of sense that like uh that kind of stability as in oh this is gonna be my random living boyfriend we've never met before um i think it'll also help too once we see uh michael's kids come around because mm-hmm. maybe he'll bond because I think the kids are all around the same age. And so yes. kind of having that bigger family unit might make Santana feel like, OK, well, this isn't all that bad because now I have more people like to be in the family and to love. For sure. And I think it was extra hard on Santana that it was literally just him, Justine and Mike. Yeah. And he didn't have, you know, there's a whole generation. You're like, that's 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 one of the nice parts about having brothers and sisters is like be mm-hmm. like yes we're in this together let's go <laughs> like, right got it. like yeah and and you know you kind of have a built-in buddy when you have a situation like that right and right. We didn't, he didn't have that at first so that that was i could maybe hopefully that was part of the reason it was so tough for him yeah and i think we will get that in the future because it's definitely hinted at you know like on the first episode that their storyline was going to be very much how they're going to blend their families together sure yeah, I mean it's it it's a it's a tricky situation. There's a lot of there's a lot of moving parts in that family. <laughs> yes, definitely, because they have so many kids, and hopefully, I don't know how much drama he has, but hopefully, they have all that figured out. You well, know, with the baby well, mamas. So many, yeah, there's so many kids and so many co-parents, like on both yeah. sides, that it's like it, it that's that's going to be a tough schedule to work out. Well, I mean, I. Th- think justine said like her uh the uh baby daddies in her life yeah they've yeah uh, they have nothing to do with their kids life so it really is just justine but i think for michael's kids the baby mamas are both in their lives but the problem is the baby mamas i'm sure do not like each other because of the whole cheating situation that ended up with them having two kids that are the same age right yes yeah. that seems like it could be challenging yes right indeed. so yeah <laughs> All right. So uh, last up we have is Gabby and Chris. So Gabby walks up to a police officer to ask for assistance to get Chris's sister and mom out of her car. Because if you remember on last week's episode, Gabby was really frustrated and wanted them to get out. But the officer refuses to help and says she'll need to actually call the police. I don't know who he is, but... She's just like, just like trans. He was like a transit cop. Like he was like, I heard. Oh, I'm I didn't a bus see that part. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I thought she, he was like, oh, well, you need to actually file like an official report or something. I don't know. Anyway, so Felicia refuses to leave the car unless it's to punch her in the face. And the sister, Essie, tries to reason with Gabby, saying that they're ready to go. So just get over it. Quit acting like a baby and get in the car and drive them. Gabby calls Chris, saying that his family is refusing to leave, and he then calls his sister Essie. Essie tells him what the situation is. Felicia is starting to get anxious that no one's going to be there to pick up Chris, and it'll appear that no one cares about him to be on time. 
Essie tells Chris to talk to his girl, and he calls back Gabby. We see a heated Gabby seem to calm down as she agrees to drive his family and goes back to the car and gets in. Chris calls and says that he's waiting and wonders where they're all at. Gabby says she's going to get the first hug and she isn't afraid to brawl with the family to get it. She jumps out of the car and jumps into his arms. Meanwhile, Felicia is back in the car, still struggling still tr- uh, struggling to get out of the car because she was locked in as Gabby is trying to tell Chris the officiant is waiting for them around the corner. Chris is telling us that Gabby is mad hot because she has long hair and all her teeth. So oh, <laughs> I know that's a very low threshold for hot. But, right. All right. Yeah. Chris goes to the bathroom to change and Gabby sneaks in to have some sex in the stall. But the security guard starts yelling at them because he's not having that. Not on his watch. And Gabby runs out of the bathroom. And then Chris and Gabby walk by his family without saying a word. Chris's uh, family is confused, but they also don't want to follow them. So they just kind of hang back. And then Chris and Gabby walk around the corner where the officiant is waiting for them. And the officiant starts the ceremony while Essie and Felicia are still in the backseat of Gabby's car. Chris is nervously looking around. Gabby says that she has always wanted a beach wedding, but instead she gets married at a bus station. Chris is happy to get married and hopes that Gabby doesn't go crazy on him. He tries to lift Gabby to carry her like a newlywed, but... He can't do it because he says he hasn't been working out and he can't actually pick her up. All right. So, I don't know. Do you think Chris would have wanted his family to at least be witnesses? Because I think that's what he said, like, what he was looking around for. Like, he was just uh, like, wait, where's my family? Probably. Because if not, then why did he make her drive them in the how it had to be the most awkward car ride in the history oh, of car rides? Oh, I know, rides. right? Like, yeah, I wouldn't want no part of that. Like, oh, no, that's all right. I'll walk from either. Yes, and I don't. What I don't get is either end of that. Like, I get Gabby is like, fine, I will do it for my future husband. This is what he wants. He wants right. to be married. I will. I will shut up and suck it up and do it. But if I was like, as if you like, no, I don't want. This is weird. I will. I will take an Uber or I will figure that out. I. I. I don't want to sit in this car with her. But they were both like, no, you. You sit here and you awkwardly take our crap, please. Like it, I don't. Yeah. Like, they're so weird. They're, those people are so. Everything they do is just so foreign to me. Right. I, I, it, it is no very sense. bizarre. I wonder if it'll get any better now that Chris is actually out of prison because it seems like he's had to moderate their arguments. Like, from afar. Like, even in this episode. You know, it's like, they're all fighting and they refuse to talk to each other about it. So, Gabby calls Chris. Chris calls Essie. Essie talks to Chris. Tells him to talk to talk to his girl. So, then she hangs up with Chris. Chris calls Gabby. And it's just like this weird telephone argument that's happening through Chris. Through Chris. Right. Who seems to be the one that can at least sweet talk Gabby, at least. I don't know. It seems like... It seems like Essie always gets exactly what she wants. Um, yeah. And part of that's part of that's the reason I don't like her is because we start every time an argument starts, she's like, listen, I'm gonna get exactly what I want. Why are we going through this whole song and dance? Because we all know that I'm gonna get exactly what I want. So right. this is dumb, right? That's why she says this is dumb. She's like, at the end of the day, I'm going to win this fight. So why are we even fighting? This is dumb. Yeah. And yeah. it's frustrating to me that she was right again. She got exactly what she wanted. <laughs> and had to do nothing. And still, again, 
rolled a giant joint on camera. Like I know. every time My she's on camera. <laughs> this person is like literally always high every time we see her. Yes. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. Like in oh, this one, goodness. I feel like they're just like getting her like they're just gonna get her just like printer paper and be like, yeah, do it with this. Like we're just gonna see a giant oh, huge thing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of surprised, though, that and, and they're just so stubborn, so maybe it shouldn't surprise me. But the fact that they're just like, whatever, if we're wanted, they would, like, tell us what's going on. But it's like, you're not curious why they just, like, blew past you and what they happened to be doing down the street without telling you. They're just like, whatever. If they wanted us to part of it, they'd tell us. Yeah, I mean, part of it is they're, they are, they are, and you don't think of, you don't think of, um, it kind of like this way because you tend to associate it with a with a different I don't know you tend to associate it with like a, a different stereotype of a person but they're super passive aggressive that's what they are is passive aggressive <laughs> like they don't actually start fights except that oh, they get a little punch in the face but instead of like annoying Gabby by actually fighting they're just like what no we're gonna sit at this table we're gonna just gonna sit in your car and you have to deal with it what if we were one because they're gonna be really upset you know they're gonna be really yeah. upset that they got married and oh, they were yeah, sitting right there sure. around the corner but they were the ones who sat there and be like well if we were wanted then we'll just sit here and ask for them to come and then we're gonna, oh, just gonna be gosh. upset that we weren't there even though all we had to do was literally walk around a damn corner Right. Like well, I know? don't even think they had to walk around the corner. They could see what was happening down the way. And it's like, <laughs> it I don't know the way. if it was even right. on their radar that, you know, oh, a ceremony is happening. So they probably didn't like think like what? Because, you know, if they knew they would like run up and try to stop them. Yes. Right. They, that's I mean, that seems to be what I would assume they would try to do. I don't know. It just Yeah. And then Gabby is annoying and frustrating too like we literally just talked about how justine and michael were like listen we've waited so long mm-hmm. let's just do it right we'll have a nice time at the hotel take our time do everything right yeah and she's just like uh let's do it in the bus station bathroom stall right before we get married Isn't, doesn't the bathroom stall thing people think generally do like right after they get married like oh, oh, we're goodness. married now time to get take care of this let's go <laughs> like we'll just disappear real fast she's like no right before we get married well, there's a lot of like interesting comparisons, I guess you could make between Chris and Gabby versus, uh, you know, Michael and Justine, because I mean, at least Michael could carry Justine. Michael like, carried- it was and kind a- of comical that Chris was like, nope, can't carry you. Sorry. And not to say anything about it, because I mean, Michael's Michael's clearly into it with the, you know, chicken, the, right. your ass is a bowl of ranch dressing um, thing. But like Justine has to weigh a lot more than Gabby, right? Yeah. I mean, Gabby's shorter, but they're both curvy women. But yes, Gabby looks significantly short. But also look at Chris. Chris is like a beanpole. He's Chris so is skinny. A bean. Yeah. He's just skinny. He's so skinny. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, I don't know what he's doing in prison because that, he, that's you don't even get that from prison, man. You're at least supposed to come out of prison, like, you know, looking cut. Like, yeah, I know. <laughs> Aren't you supposed to be, like, super jacked? It's like, what else do you have to do in prison but work out? <laughs> right. And so that's what we, we've seen that. We see people who come out jacked and then, you know, get fat and skinny and, and right. whatever or whatever. But, like, yeah, I'd be like, man, I went to, I, I spent all that time in prison and I didn't even come out jacked. I know. And I was going to say he's been there for a, a long time, right? I think he was in prison for, like, 10 or 15 years. Right. It was, yeah, it was a long time. They said, oh, yeah. was he, since he was like 19? I don't know. It's been a long time. It's been yeah. a long time. Well, long enough to be jacked. I mean, we yes. know this stuff doesn't happen overnight, but you weren't in prison well, overnight. My God. I mean, well, ba- <laughs> based on his, you know, requirement of 
you know, super hot and sexy uh, means long hair and all her teeth. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, congratulations, right. Miss H. Uh, for that, you, oh, you, you make you definitely make the make the bar on that one. <laughs> so I feel like there might be drugs involved, is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, so uh, we didn't hear from Nathan and Skyler this week. So the group we did see, who was your student of the week? Um, I guess I'm going to say Travis. Um. Yeah, I said he kind of turned on the charm. I, I did like his self-deprecation of being like, I'm a, the worst bank robber. I am the worst robber, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, but again, we get that first – that kind of first impression thing where it's like somebody who's saying the right things, you know, kind right. of this mean a lot to me and, you know, I turned around for her and blah, blah, blah. So, so far, I expect in the future, of course, for him to completely disappoint us and be a total shit person. But for now – yeah I, yeah I know right okay um i actually went with justine i think that you know like i talked about earlier her how she was dealing with her son um knowing that you know they're trying to introduce a new dad to them i thought she was pretty aware of the situation and definitely the best parenting we've seen on the show in a really long time mm-hmm. yeah 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 i'll give it that okay how about your dunce I went with Cameron. Um, just mm-hmm. he's a, he seems like he's going to be an extremely annoying person to me. Like <laughs> you're like I just don't like your face. I don't, I don't like your face. But I also right. don't like he he did that thing where you ever seen somebody who makes a crude and appropriate joke and everybody mm-hmm. just kind of ignores that they made the joke, but then yeah. they keep making it because yeah. I think y'all didn't hear me. I think you didn't hear you the did, joke, and we're like right, right. You're like, if you just heard it, you would know how funny it was. <laughs> right. And so he does that. And also he has we, – we heard him talk. He has zero remorse for anything he did to put himself in jail. Oh, right, like, right. He, he barely seems like he's going to try to stay out of jail at all. Like yeah. it just seems this is going to be – this is going to be a disaster. Yeah. So I went with Monique and it's because she is someone who is setting up to do a crime by putting yeah, illegal surveillance in grandma's house. <laughs> right? And then just yeah, just justifying it. Well, but you know, that's just the way I am. Which brings me to my life lesson, because my life lesson is aimed at Monique. Jealousy is not an immutable personality trait. It's like, well, I have to do that. I'm just a jealous person. That's just what I need. It's like, no. You don't have to be that way. You're allowed to change that part of who you are. You're not like, I am jealousy. That's kind of the same thing we encourage about math. Like, no, you're not just bad at math. Like, right. yeah, we yeah. don't just say that. Yeah. Um, okay. So my life lessons actually aim towards Ashley. It's like, did you not watch Meet the Parents? Never put anything that's valuable or important into a checked bag. If it is that valuable, important, oh, and important, yeah. put in your carry on. She's like, oh, yeah. I have like important paperwork in there. Why are you putting it in your checked bag? That makes no sense. It does. You're right. You're right. I mean, I wouldn't think about it. I wouldn't think about it because I never check any bags. But right. Like, but if you but did, yes. like even I had that consideration if I, you know, if I check a bag, it's like what could I live without? Like can I replace yes. this? Would I be yeah. ruin my trip? Yeah, everybody knows like don't, you can't put all of your clothes. You at least right. have another outfit in the check bag right. in, the, yeah. in the carry-on. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, did you see the trailer for uh, I know. Life After just... Lockup? So it seems like this is going to be a short season. Yeah, they said February. Yeah, right? so we might get another five or six episodes out of this. 
Yeah, that sounds, that sounds about right. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay, so extra short season. Well, and it also could be the end of February, so maybe like another eight. Yeah, possibly. which is probably appropriate. Yeah. Like, I don't want these dragging out too long, except we're, except we know we're going to get some of these people still again and be like, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Yeah, here. that's true. The ones that make it could be on life after lockup. Yeah, that is true, because I think with 90 Day Fiance, it's like – you're committed to at least a time period, right? There is no guarantees right. with these couples. They can be together for like a week and then be done. Yep, they sure can. We've oh, seen yeah. it. We've seen oh, it before. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, we'll be back same time next week. And until yep, then. See everybody then. Okay. okay. Bye. All right. Bye. Bye.